I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is being recorded, the Gonokurnai Nation. I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders, especially those listening here today. Welcome to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone, a lifestyle podcast that focuses on the outside of our zones as well as the inside of our homes. I'm your host, Alyssa Sutherland, interior designer and entrepreneur. Come with me as I take you on a journey to build the life of your dreams. Hello everyone and welcome back to Catch Me Outside My Comfort Zone. Today's episode is for my little design lovers, but also it is for everyone and anyone. Anyone who's looking at building a house, anyone who has built houses before or renovating, or if you're just someone who really enjoys like keeping up with like what's going on in the design industry and like what's going on with homes and want to say trends and things like that, then you're going to relate to this episode. And If not, thanks for still being here because you just enjoy what I have to say and I think you'll get a lot out of today's episode even if this is something that's totally off your radar. Come in here, welcome, with an open mind because you're going to get very conditioned by today's episode because we are talking about display homes and how I perceive them as an interior designer and how they have lots of pros but lots of cons and everything in between. Ever since starting the podcast and I have set out for the podcast to be not just about self-development but also to talk about design, building, interiors, all the stuff that I do for work as well as what I'm passionate about, what I'm knowledgeable about but also I love self-development so that's why the focus of the podcast has gone down that avenue but as the intro goes this is not just about outside our zones it's also about inside our homes how we can make our home our sanctuary a space that is super super aligned for us and the way we live and so I'm not a really huge advocate for homes being like cookie cutters and identical to the next one so this is going to get pretty like I don't want to say savage but I'm a Sag and I'm Sav so it's going to come across like that in some points but this is educational and I think this is going to also just open your eyes to to how you look at things because building a home is a really intense journey and it's not for everyone and anybody and I just want this to sort of like open your eyes to what you can expect to experience when you start your your building journey and also to just walk into it with a bit of background knowledge because I feel like people who are building homes especially for the first time have no idea what they're doing and they just think this is the first step and it can make the process really intense and it can make or break how you how you enjoy your your home build journey so let's get into it because I'm bloody blabbering already but let's let's unpack this (laughs) so yeah like I said since starting the podcast I wanted to talk about really important topics and I've always had a little bit of a perception around display homes so firstly if you're new here I'm a qualified interior designer and I have my own design business so I help people build homes I help people renovate homes And I've been working in the industry since 2019, I graduated uni. So I've seen a lot, I've done a lot, and I know pretty much my opinion on a lot of things within the building and construction design industries. Can see through a lot of things as well. So take this any way you want to. At the end of the day, it's just basically my little recap of going display home 
viewing in the last week and what I got out of it and what I think you might get out of it or what to look out for and all those sort of things. So as I mentioned, during the week, I was catching up with a client who I have worked with for the last three years. I helped her build her new home. I've also helped her and her husband with some things with their business. And so we were catching up and we were talking about you know, something we're designing for their business. And it led to us going on a display home tour. We were very much impromptu about it and we can just spend the day together because we just really vibe and we really enjoy each other's energy. And it was just one thing led to another. So we were ended up, I said that, that sounds really wrong, but <laughs> when I mean one thing led to another, we ended up at display homes all afternoon. So we headed down to look at the first display home and we're just like how are we going to play this because obviously like I'm a designer she's a client of mine she's already built a house recently and she's not planning on building another one so I think the first things first when you go into a display home you kind of have to have a story that you want to tell them to see how the salesperson treats you I don't want to lie about anything either because I hate to lie but it's just about if you're going there and you're serious you have to have your story ready and if you're not serious about it and you're just going for a look to say, hey, just come for a look and they'll be like, cool, walk on in. All right, before I get into that part of like actually going into the display homes and what the experience is all like, let's talk about what kind of builders have display homes. So by now, if you're a long-time listener or not, I've worked in a building company myself that built residential homes and that company didn't have a display home. It did in the past, but when I was working there, they had sold that display home and we weren't working out of one. Like we were just working out of like a office and a selection center. So the company wasn't like very much about display homes and building cookie cutter homes. We were very much like custom homes, people bringing in floor plans that they had drawn up by like an architect or a drafts person or working with someone to design their own home. So it was very much like custom. Every home had a different sort of style and it was very much making sure that it suits the family and their lifestyle and their needs. So that's my background around building and everything. So I can't help but have been conditioned that way versus your volume builders and your sales kind of style. So we did still have someone that worked in the company who was in the sales part, but it really just didn't agree with me, this whole concept of selling a house because of the way we worked. I was like, this isn't selling we are building someone's home we're not selling them a house we're not real estate agents so that concept really just didn't sit right with me and again coming from a designer's point of view so what's a volume builder and how are they different to custom builder so volume builders are your classic franchise builders there's a few that I'll label that are across Australia so you get an idea so you have some such as Metricon, Simmons, Hotondo Homes, GJ Gardner, they're just a few different sort of volume builders. So they have pre-designed floor plans that you can choose from and walk through display homes and you don't have much choice and you're quite limited to your selections and upgrades. You can still build a really like high finished home with like really nice things such as like stone bench tops and high ceilings and beautiful facades 
However, to make big changes like that, they add a lot of variation costs onto it. They pretty much just have these floor plans for you to pick from and hopefully just build it so that the planning and the permit process is a lot quicker. The building process is a lot quicker because truss and frames have built that truss and frame a hundred times. So to get them pumped out of the factory is pretty quick. And then when everything gets to site, like it's just ordering the same thing over and over through all their suppliers. So it's a really quick and easy process. So you tend to see a lot of those new estates have a lot of Metricon Simmons kind of homes because not only sometimes do they actually buy the property and sell house and land packages, but they will also just be advertising a display home in there or it's just the exact type of location to build a smaller home and a cheap home. So lots of people tend to go for those builders. Now, just because they're there and they're the only ones that you see with a display home doesn't mean they're the only builders out there. So this is when it's really important to do a bit more research, especially if you're really serious about building a house and what kind of house you are building. I would love to dive deeper in the whole building process journey and what you should do first and when, what, where, how, but I'll save that for another day because it is a bit boring for those that aren't here for that. So basically... When you're doing your research on your builders, just know that the ones that are having display homes are most likely going to be the builders that want to sell you basically that display home, the way it looks. They're tending to put a lot more upgrades in display homes these days. So basically, you're going to be expecting to pay a higher price if you want to buy that one that you're walking through, but they're quick to tell you what to take off to drop down the costs. But also, it's kind of just making you think that they're the only ones there that can build there and that's not true. So every now and then a new estate might have a smaller local builder that also has a display home. So definitely like look through theirs and do a bit more research on those kind of builders because they're often a family run business and they're locals and yeah, they might be a lot more deeper and connecting to deal with than your classic volume builder. But again, it's all about who you develop a relationship with and walking into a display home is a great way to understand who you might be dealing with throughout your build journey. One last thing about builders before I get into the display home thing is different builders are going to want to do different things. So thinking about what kind of block of land you have, what kind of build you want to do, is it something that's going to be quite affordable? Is it on a flat block? Is it on a sloping block? Is this a home that you're going to spend the rest of your life in? Is this a home you're going to spend two years in? Is this an investment property? Is this a holiday home? Whatever it might be, be really sure about what it is because not every builder is going to meet your expectation and not every builder wants to go on the journey that you want to go on. So make sure that you feel aligned and be. this is when you need to be clear about your story when you're going into these builders and making sure that they are clear on what you want and they're not going to try and change your mind about anything. They're meant to be there for you, not you there for them. So make sure you know that. A great example is the building company that I worked for. We were very much like building your your family home, your like your forever home, your holiday home, those sorts of things. We didn't really do much stuff that was like people's first home or like investment properties it was more so your larger scale 
higher end builds that were going to be for people who were either retiring or for yeah people making that second home purchase as a growing family that was kind of what we were working towards whereas your Simmons and your Metricon are pretty much the two main popular ones that people go to if they're quite young in their 20s or early 30s buying or building their very first home to move into but again I'm totally stereotyping here and if you can go and build a beautiful big custom high-end home for your first home then you are doing pretty good for yourself so cheers to that well you guess you want to know what our little story was when we went display home looking and to be honest no one actually fucking asked us so it didn't even matter but basically we went in as if this is my client and we're looking at building a second property still looking for land but wanted to sort of see what's out there, get some ideas, get some costs, get some lead times and see what is around before the family looked at purchasing a property for their next investment. Now, that wasn't true. That was just our little story that we came up with very impromptuly. So we walked into the first display. This home was very, you looked at it and thought, wow, it had wow factor However, once you start to narrow your eye, and that's where I come in very, very savagely, uh, you start to see through a lot of it. So I think the best thing that display homes do these days is their styling, and it looks stunning. They obviously hire interior designers most of the time to come in and style the home beautifully, deck it out with details, and that just makes the home look so so luxe and it just makes it feel like a home so that is the first trick they do and it always makes you feel more like oh wow this is a beautiful display home but really you're just looking at beautiful furniture and finishes (laughs) so first tip is to be a little bit like closed off and imagine what your furniture is going to look like or your style and if that kind of furniture is in your budget when you are building because is your home going to feel like this if you don't have all this sort of stuff in it too because they can go very crazy and over the top with their styling and also they're going to add a lot of upgrades in their display home too that you probably are going to have to take away as well so that can often be as simple as the detailing on the like on the cornices or on the ceiling or, or the wall panelings and also just the entire facade is often going to be like finished off nicer when you might not end up going for that kind of facade if you're picking off the plan so yeah straight away you walk in you're going to feel wow factor and you've just got to like keep moving through and look past that sort of stuff but again I'm not trying to be like you can't have it all if you want it all go for it nine hundred thousand dollars the first thing I noticed in this home that we walked into had a beautiful big cathedral style ceiling now it looked really grand however when you walked in the entryway you still just had your normal 2.7 high ceiling then you walked through the hallway and then you walked up into the lounge open kitchen dining area that was where the ceiling really took the show and extended out into the outdoor area again the first thing I noticed once I looked a bit closer outdoor area was the pitch of the roof was not very high now this isn't common and if you were to build this kind of style ceiling 
with this particular builder, they would probably opt for a scissor truss finish and structure of the ceiling rather than an actual rafter finish. So I don't know why I'm using the word finish. I just can't think of another word. But basically a scissor truss versus a rafter is not going to get you that really tight cathedral look pitch. It's going to be a bit more it's actually on the end of it is going to have a bit of a gable so and it doesn't go as high pitched. Just a little thing, just a little tip there. But yeah, that was one question we asked this salesperson if you were to extend that ceiling through the entryway and the first two living areas and the answer was no because that's when you'd have to add steel and them as a builder do not deal with steel. So if you're looking at doing something quite architectural with cathedral ceilings and things like that, they're not going to be your builder. I'm obviously not going to name and shame who this builder is. Not that I'm shaming. I'm just sort of saying, you know, that's not that kind of thing. That if you're going to be doing this kind of style home, you need to be going to a custom builder. That's pretty much all I'm saying. So the next little thing I noticed when we were in the kitchen area, we moved through to the butler's and the corner in the butler's pantry just didn't look right there was just something off with it and I was like sitting there for a second and I grabbed the floor plan and I was like okay why is there a random void in the corner causing the corner to come out rather than in so basically it's chopping out the need to have like an awkward corner cupboard or drawer or whatever and just basically creating a void so that you don't have that problem but it just looked really absurd and I thought, okay, there's obviously a reason why they're going to have a void. Like maybe that's where they're putting like the ducted heating and cooling system or often if there's a void in a building, it's for a reason. They're going to put something in the walls in that area. So I thought I'll be open-minded and I'll ask the salesperson at the end. But still, I thought this is a bit weird, a weird spot for it and I don't really see the need for it here. However, I'll hold up my reservations and see what he says. Move on through the home and the next little thing I notice is in the bathroom, walk-in shower, however like it was fully glass, I like walked in the shower and stood in the shower and then I like opened the door and came back out and I was like, okay, where's my towel? Okay, there's a spot right here where you could put like maybe a hook but even still there's not really enough wall space for a towel to hang. Very impractical, same goes if you're in the bath. You had to walk across the whole bathroom to get to where they'd put the towel rack. Again, I don't know if this is just the like the feature of a display home, but if you were literally going to go and buy that home off the plan and build that, that's probably something that people would miss. And then I started to notice this being a reoccurring theme in all the display homes we looked in. So first things first, walk through your space. Like when you're walking through a display home, walk through the space and do things that you would do as if that was your home. Walk into the shower, walk to the bath, walk to the sink, walk to the toilet. See how you flow throughout the space because whilst you might be getting overwhelmed with how beautiful and high finished it looks, if the floor plan isn't flowing naturally for you and it doesn't feel organic and it doesn't feel right and there's things out of weird places, it's not the home for you. So just keep in mind to do those things when you're looking at a display home because I think a lot of people forget about it. You're too busy looking at how beautiful the tiles are. Again, this home with all the nice finishes didn't have floor-to-ceiling tiles in the bathroom. So it's kind of weird how a lot of the finishes they'll go really high-end with and then 
as something as simple as doing floor to ceiling tiles, which is going to be an upgrade. They just don't demonstrate that. And it just doesn't make sense. I don't know. They pull back on upgrades and put extras in that I just don't really get. But it's not my show. It's theirs. So just let them keep going. We noticed a lot of the rooms had little walk-in robes, which was really good. We thought with, with like building nowadays, especially if you've got kids or building spare bedrooms, it's really good to do like a little walk-in robe rather than just having your classic like sliding cavities and like your built-in wardrobe. I just think it adds a bit more space. But again, this builder thought it was a great idea to add voids into those. So was it really? I don't know. And you're probably wanting to know what the excuse was. No, there was nothing in the walls. Apparently, they put the voids there so it gives something for the joinery to be built into, which uh, is not a thing. It's just an excuse. I did discuss this with my cabinet maker that night and he was like, I was literally working on one of those builds yesterday and they have all these weird voids everywhere and it makes no sense. So there you go. Cabinet maker even said, doesn't need that. So I don't know why they do it. They try and tell you the reason why so that you believe them, but that is just an excuse like it's not a thing and it's probably just to do with the fact that their home structure and the way they build the structure with not really up to standard is probably why they needed to put voids in there to hold the place up just saying i won't unpack too much more about this home only because i've given you a lot of design things that i flagged and i could go on for days but pretty much what i took away from this home was there's a lot of upgrades the tiles are not going to be standard tiles in their builder's range. Neither would be the tapware. And also just the spatial layout is a bit unrealistic. There's a lot of excess and dead space, but they make it feel big and grand so that you enjoy walking through it. But if you were to then want to build that house, you'd probably take a couple of spaces out and a living room out and all those sorts of things. And then you might be charged more for taking things out. But again, they often have a lot of variations of these floor plans. There's just not a lot of room for changing structure. And yeah, the salesperson didn't really try to sell us the house at the end, pretty much did the opposite and wasn't very friendly to deal with. And also, I just felt like any question I asked, he made me feel like a dickhead for asking. And then I started to be like, okay, I'm not playing dumb anymore. I'm being smart because I actually know that that's not a thing and not that I was being a smart ass to him I just was like okay interesting like my client and I walked out we're like well he definitely didn't get us to buy that house so let's get another one so we headed down to the next display home which is actually a local builder that do a bit of custom stuff and a bit of off the plan stuff and they have a bit of a take on a bit more modern stuff they had a really nice facade home, like a bit of a like rate ceiling sort of stuff and just, yeah, definitely way more modern with their floor plan and all, all the angles and all those sorts of things. So walked in there, lovely salesperson, which I have met her before. So it was nice to walk in and her to like remember who I was. That was the first green flag. And then she yeah gave us a little bit of a rundown of the home and gave us the floor plan and let us have a little walk through. So first thing, I didn't realize this, but back in the day, these salespeople used to walk you through display homes. Now they stay in their little 
garage office and let you walk through the home so you've got the space to yourself which is probably a good thing because all I'm doing is like tearing it to shreds all the time <laughs> not really but kind of so we started walking through and the very first part of the home was the master bedroom and so again now I'm thinking back the first home had two living rooms at the start this home had a master bedroom at the start which is pretty common but not something I'm really that big on everyone's different I know but I'm really not about bedrooms at the start of at the front of the house and every house I've ever lived in I've never had the front bedroom because that's just way too scowy <laughs> so yeah I this was like yeah the master bedroom at the front it had this home had really good um, features of the surround by Laminex interior like wall paneling. So I thought it was really great to show that because it wasn't just like a painting a color on the wall. It was using a really up and coming beautiful product and a way to add more detail into your home and then painting it beautiful colors. So it was like a nice sage green. I can't remember what on was what, but they yeah, had used the scalloped one in one room and like I just thought really beautiful feature and made the room feel a lot nicer and then you have a big open walk-in bathroom an ensuite and then you walk into the walk-in robes so firstly every home we went into had an open connection from the bedroom into the ensuite with no doors I did learn that night someone called me and told me that display homes usually take a lot of doors off so that you can feel like you're walking through a nice open plan space make sure that you can get doors in particular spaces if you prefer that because I know not everyone is about just walking out of bed and into the ensuite and sit on the toilet or having a shower especially like if your fucking bedroom's at the front of the house so that is something I really noticed again in all these homes and I don't know like I live on my own so I walk from room to room openly anyway but you know what I mean like it's just one of those things that you've got to sort of pay attention to if that suits you and your lifestyle so this bathroom had like a double vanity and really common style you would have seen it in a display home where behind the vanity and the wall is if you go to one side behind it is the toilet and go behind the other side is the shower so it's a really great layout um, doesn't allow for a bath if you're wanting a bath in your ensuite and then again same thing to reach for your towel you have to come back right out and around because there was this, this big floor to ceiling window right next to the shower which was all frosted glass so pretty much defeats the purpose of having a window of that size if you're obviously out on a beautiful acreage property and you had no neighbors around you could have a beautiful clear glass window and that would be really nice just exposing yourself to nature but at the same time it took away a lot of practicality because that would have been the perfect spot to have your towel rails and like a nice big like have if you had hooks or like a nice big heated towel like ladder so again it kind of looked like a weird choice for me but again everyone's different and it would depend on where the home was but if you were literally in suburbia and you're right next to the fence you wouldn't be having a big window that size maybe just like a highlight window or beautiful opportunity to add a nice skylight above the shower or above the vanities and then come back around the other side and you're walking through the bathroom into your walk-in robe 
Now, something that my client actually mentioned was having your walk-in robe attached to your bathroom like that can lead for a lot of like moisture and mold to get into your wardrobe and particularly like, like not your, your clothes might not agree with that living situation. So if you think about that and if you're going to have it, I would probably have like the shower on that side. So if you did, you literally could just come straight out of the shower and into your wardrobe. Not, I don't know, like I really think about things too much. So it just isn't for me. I'd never have that sort of style, but everyone's different. I understand. I'm just not big on walking robes to start with. I think I'd much rather invest in having a larger bedroom and a larger ensuite and allow for a wall of beautiful floor to ceiling cabinetry built in and beautiful cupboards and everything hidden away I'm just that's my kind of style I just think walking robes they're dark they're gloomy if you're trying to try things on you can't really get a nice idea of what you look like and that's just my personal opinion that was a big unpack of just the first room we walked down into the living area and it was all on this sort of angle so the kitchen and island sort of was the first thing you saw so if you're walking in the front door you're looking straight at the island bench on a diagonal Now, the first thing that that just screams trend to me and it's almost gives me PTSD because if you've been following on the build journey at my parents' house, we just did a kitchen renovation, which we had to get rid of their very dysfunctional diagonal island bench and straighten it up. And it just, it takes away so much functionality and that just has dead space all around it. And I just didn't love that idea but I do love the idea of coming in the front door and you see straight down into like yeah the kitchen I think it's like hey come in like I'm just down here it's like really open and whatever but yeah the diagonal and angled living not about it I think it will be a trend and when a structure is built on that it's kind of just not gonna last and I don't look at it with architectural appreciation this sort of center point of this diagonal open living that led you to a living room, a media room, an alfresco area, a kid's nook, a butler's pantry, and maybe even a laundry, and then back to the front door. And I have said to my client, I feel like I'm in a movie where you're standing in the middle and there's like all these doors around you and you've just like got to make sure you pick the right door. Otherwise, like you're going to die. Like I felt like I was in the matrix or something. It was so trippy and you just didn't know where to go next. And I think that's where floor plan fluidity comes in and creating a floor plan that suits your lifestyle because you don't want to just like constantly feel like you're running around the matrix in your own home. So that was something I didn't love about the flow of this home. The first like little living area that was attached off the dining and kitchen was really really small and they only had like a really small couch there which demonstrated how small the space was but again it's a really big trick in display homes is the styling they'll put smaller furniture in so that the whole space looks bigger like you'll only ever see sort of double beds in the bedrooms and yeah two-seater couches and things like that so be careful and always check the dimensions but again they're not likely to have them on a display home floor plan the butler's pantry sort of had a second kitchen in it and that's doubling up on your appliances and I just don't know if it's really necessary if you need two kitchens and double up of the appliances and the location of like the oven was right as you walk between the kitchen and butler's pantry which is such a hazard if that's like a wall oven and someone's got it open 
yeah, just danger zone. And the weirdest thing I noticed in all of the homes as well was they're starting to put a smaller sink in the island bench or in the main kitchen. And then in their butlers, they're doing their big double with like the draining rack or like this home had the cutout in the stone, which I'll leave that for your own discretion. But yeah, I just thought that was kind of random. I just only think it's random because functionality, if you're doing like all your cooking in the main kitchen, you then have to walk all that stuff into the butlers to put away and put in the sink. And it's just like a long journey. It's not just like turn around and chuck it in the sink on the island or Again, I know a lot of people don't like sinks in island benches as well. They might have them in other spots, but it just none of these homes did it did it right in my opinion. It just felt weird, and the sinks in the island benches were so small. I sort of thought, what's the point in even having it here to start with? Like, may as well just not even have it and have a nice, big, beautiful island bench. Bit of a weird thing. I guess that must be a trend coming in. Not for me. Not functional. Am I being really open with my opinion on this episode? Yeah, 100%. You do not have to agree with me. I just want to say that. I'm just like letting it rip a bit because I just want you guys to hear what my sort of two cents are on these things because it's not about the way things look. It's literally about how things work and feel and function and flow is my biggest takeaway with everything. And if something doesn't flow to me and I'm thinking about how I'm going to feel using that space, is that going to annoy me? If it's going to annoy me and it's going to make life hard, am I sounding lazy? Maybe. (laughs) But like if it doesn't flow well, then I'm just not about it. This is not even about how things look at this point. I haven't even really given much opinion on to the look of things because that doesn't matter. Like I like different styles and different colors and all that stuff and that's irrelevant. I'm pretty much coming at you with the way these things function and how practical they are, which is really, really important. (laughs) Anyway, this builder, I would still 100% deal with them based on their knowledge, based on the fact that they're locals. The salesperson was really lovely. I do know people that work at that company, etc. There's 100 other billion floor plans and she did tell us that you can sort of mix and match your floor plans together through something that they have on their website which I think is really handy and then they quote it accordingly so definitely this builder has a lot more like is a lot more open to changes and restructuring the home on your desires which I think is really great I just didn't think this was the kind of home I would have as a display And I wouldn't want to be selling too many of these because I think in the future they're going to kind of come back with a bit of backlash or they're not going to be really good on resale if this is a trend that is in and going to be out. But again, if people love it, let the people love it. All right, we went into one more home and it was again by a local builder that have a couple of, maybe only two or maybe three, but they're definitely like, yeah, a Victorian-based family owned building company and they're getting way more up on your higher end and your custom builds so they would definitely have floor plans that they design homes off but that'd be one of your builders that would be open to like receiving a floor plan that you've had done by yeah a designer or a drafty or an architect etc 
and working towards something a bit more custom and a bit more high-end. So this home demonstrated that for sure. And this home was our favorite out of them all. It had quite good passive features, which were really good for energy rating. Now that we're moving into seven star energy ratings on new builds, that's really important. And a builder needs to demonstrate that they can meet those requirements because if not, you're going to struggle to get occupancy and all those things and get passed through engineering, etc. So I think that was great that the home demonstrated that. It's always big on orientation and ventilation and all those things. So that was really cool to notice. And the home had some really unique design features in it that I hadn't seen before, which I thought was really like, that's why you go to display homes to see these new innovative things because that's how they get people across the line is that they're doing something different to everyone else and if you're going to build a display home you want to show that you can do something that's different to others so I guess going back to the other one it was focused on angular living which is probably their point of difference well it definitely is their point of difference but then this home yeah again had its own little features really great to like notice those things and see which one aligns with what you're kind of going for so this home had a bedroom at the front but it was more designed as like your guest room or a kid's room so they had sort of had like three bedrooms at the front which I thought not sure how I feel about kids bedrooms at the front of the room like as a kid I wouldn't have at the front of the house sorry as a kid I wouldn't have wanted that but again it could be used as a study or something so that's a great option then their home like had a hallway down the entry but across the hallway was your garage that across the hallway and then you're into like a mud room powder room into the butlers and then into the kitchen or follow the hallway straight down to the kitchen living area so I really liked that flow really great design for families like getting home from school kids bags in the mud area if you need to go to the toilet when you get home straight get the lunch boxes straight into the sink in the butlers like it flowed really well really common layout these days growing families and I just think it was really well done then you went up to the master bedroom at the end of the house this was like a huge master wing it had a really big walk-in robe when you first walked in then you sort of like got to a fork in the road and either go left to the bedroom or right to the ensuite the bedroom was tiny though so they had added this big beautiful curved wall which on the bedroom side was timber battens and on the ensuite side was literally just a curve with tiles. It was sort of made to appear like it was cabinetry behind that curve and the timber battens. They looked really, really cheap and it wasn't very aesthetic. And the fact that it wasn't usable either, I was kind of like, oh, okay. So you might be able to hang, like, hang a TV mount on there. But other than that, it just in the bedroom didn't do much for me. And there wasn't much room in the bedroom if you wanting, were wanting to put in like a sideboard or like drawers or anything else it was pretty much they put a double bed in there and that was about it so really demonstrated the size then your ensuite had a big double vanity really nice big freestanding bath and a really big walk-in shower with a really good ledge that ran across the whole back wall which is like a full seat like you could have a party on that ledge like really cool love that idea and I did quite like that layout of the ensuite but again it was basically bigger than the bedroom and then again you're walking back halfway down the house to get to your clothes in your walk-in robe so there would be a few things I would have done differently there but again I liked that the concept of the mask at the back of the house and then that flows down back into the kitchen which I do like that kind of style so that 
that's the wrap up of what I took out of the three homes. I guess the biggest thing is they do a lot of like lighting. They will add a lot of LED strip lighting or extra down lights or extra sort of cabinetry so that you feel like you want that too. That's when they get you with all the extra costs. Those things are definitely not standard, um, but 100% they are what makes a home look really well considered. And if you can upgrade on those things, then 100%. I think what happens is with builders like this is they're so quick to tell you the things to delete to save costs. This is when you need to be really sure about what you do want and what you don't need because you don't want to just like delete something because you think you're going to save a lot of money on it. We literally asked, I think it was the salesperson at this last home, oh, what if we were to do this? And she was so honest, like, you're only going to save one grand if you're going to change that. So whilst you might think deleting this big thing is going to save a lot of costs, it sometimes doesn't. doesn't mean you have to keep it or if you don't want it, don't have it, but it's more so like they can be so quick to say, just get rid of this and get, do this instead and you'll save all this money. It's like, you might not. And in the grand scheme of things, you're building a house and if you want it to be done the way you want to build a house and the finishes you want, like is like $3,000 really going to make or break the whole project. It's more so if you're talking 10 grand or 20 grand or 30 grand, that's when you're going to be like, okay, maybe we don't need to be doing that. There's a few things here and there that I think are just like non-negotiables if you want them. Don't let anyone talk you out of them. Three key takeaways we took was no one was really interested in selling us a house. It doesn't seem like people are very much pressuring that at the moment. I guess it's giving the way the market is. And I know personally from working in the building industry that it's just so tiring dealing with shit kickers. And I can just see that the exhaustion on the faces of these people that they're just like, I'm not going to speak to you longer than I have to because if you're not serious, I'm not serious about you either. That is pretty clear and I think could be dangerous because you never really know who's coming in and who is serious if you don't give them much time of day. At the end of the day, walking around this home with my client, all she kept saying was, this is why I pay you. Like this is the things that you pick up on. This is the things that designers and people like in your industry notice because you're so tuned into it. And then I like that night, someone I like, yeah, knew called me and he and I talked about it as well. And we'll just like, he's like, yeah, you're the same as me. Like you see things differently. And same with talking to my cabinet maker. Like we all have this little trick we are born with. It's in our nature. And once you've worked in the industry, you have such a fine tooth comb that you look at with everything and everything is just like honed in. So this episode was basically to tell you that you've got to just be careful when you go to these display homes because you might not see the little underlying things and they're not going to tell you about them or they're going to try and tell you why they've done them but there's no real depth behind their reasoning. So is it really a danger zone? Depends how serious you take it. Depends how much you want to build with that builder. I think it's basically what you want to go to a display home for isn't to see what's there It's just to see how, of course, it's to see what's there, but it's like, how are you going to build a rapport with that person who is sitting in that display home? Because that person you're going to be dealing with for a really long time through the build. 
and you want to make sure that you and them get along. If they're not going to give you much time when you come into their display home, then they're not going to really care that much for you when you're building a home with them. And I will just say display homes are often they're based on sales. So they want to get people through the house. They want to sell people that house and get their commission and carry on. So like that's, that's generalizing. They're not all like that, but that's pretty much their focus. So they don't have a huge personalized approach. So yeah, if you want a builder that really wants to work with you and gets to know you and have a really good rapport and relationship with, then you're better off looking into your bigger family, local, custom, bespoke kind of building companies or finding like a local builder who does something like only one to two or three builds a year that they give all their energy, their whole team focuses on. They're there every day. Like from my experience, you're dealing with people who want you on their job site every day. Or oh, sorry, if you're getting metric on to build your house, you're not going to have people on your site every day because they're building so many fucking houses. So that's my little bit of insight. Take it or leave it. It was a bit savage. It was a bit honest, but we're here for the hard truths. And if you are looking at building, then I'm so happy to talk more about these things. If you want a bit of insight before you start looking at display homes or where to go or what to do first, let me know because I'm more than happy to dive deeper on that sort of stuff. But this was just my little wrap up of my display home viewing this week. And I hope you enjoyed me blabbing on about this shirt. I could talk about it for four more hours, but I won't. So thanks for listening, guys. I'm just going to do a little wrap up after this about what's been happening and some exciting things coming up so i take it you're a follower of as interior by now and if not go and follow her because i recently shared something super exciting i didn't actually share it but i shared this story the other day i was at the beach and i was on a phone call i got this huge opportunity come in and it's for something coming up this month so i won't share it now but i just want to say to those people who messaged me and was like congrats girl like so happy for you so excited to hear what it is and all this stuff those messages are so lovely and amazing and i cannot wait to share this because it's really big for me i will take you on the journey once i've done it i'll definitely be like sharing about it on as interior like yeah leading up to it and more like that but oh my god like i just was high on life the other day when I found out I feel really really proud of myself and and really really excited about it and it's something that's going to be really outside my comfort zone but I know that I will thrive in that moment it's a bit related to what I've been talking about in the past weeks with like putting yourself in rooms that inspire you and where you're supported and all that sort of stuff and just yeah I think it's something that feels really good it feels really good to be recognized for this. I feel like a fucking magnet at the moment and really abundant and just thriving. So thanks for your support. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to share this with you really, really soon. Final thing is if you're listening in real time, tomorrow is the 8th of the 8th, which means Lions Portal, which it's already open. It's probably why all these magnetizing things are happening to me magnetic things are happening but it's just really beautiful time to yeah bring in your manifestations get really clear on a lot of things get clear on a lot of things that you want to let go of 
and just make those big moves because now is just the most perfect time for that. So go get your journal out and get manifesting. Dream big. You can do this. We're on this journey together. And thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.